0: This is the Sons and Slaves Podcast. This is a show devoted to helping fathers and sons honor and obey the Lord. Join me, Jared, and my sons, Ransom and Valor, as I talk to them about boyhood and the process of becoming a man. Hello, and welcome to the Sons and Slaves Podcast. This is our first conversation with somebody other than my co-hosts, Ransom and Valor, my sons. Very excited to have on the show today, Douglas Wilson. Doug, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. Let me go ahead and pray, and then I'm going to ask you a few questions about your book, Future Men and the Process of Boyhood Towards Becoming a Man. Let's go ahead and pray. All right. Father, we come to you again. We thank you for your grace that's upon us. And as we start the conversation about boyhood, and it's just wonderful watching boys grow up and then being a part of that as a father. And so help me and all the fathers who are listening in do the best that we can on the front end of, the, uh, end of this with our younger sons at home to do what we can to be intentional and watch you do the work of raising our sons into men. And I uh, thank you that we get to be a part of your work in their life. And uh, it's such a privilege help this conversation. I trust you will. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so the first book I read from you was Future Man, uh, Future Men, and that was before I found out that you were kind of like a boogeyman, boogeyman that uh, I yeah. I'm supposed to avoid. Um, I read it and loved it, and then didn't read much of your stuff for about seven or eight years. I can't I can't remember exactly the timeline, but I loved this work. Now you've raised a son and thought a lot about this, so. Just give us the premise of the book, if you would. I'm raising two sons with a third son on the way. I've got Ransom Valor, and then is our third son that's going to be here in November. And I just like, thank you very much. Pretty excited. We got one little girl named Providence, and she's going to be well protected and taken (laughs) care of. So why write a book about future men?
1: Well, um, as I say somewhere early on in the book, boys take a lot of faith. Okay, I, and I remember one time I was doing a teacher training uh, lecture at Logos School, where our where our kids went and our grandkids have gone through or, or are going through, and it was a teacher training event. And I was saying, I I just made this offhand comment about the girls that you're currently teaching are going to be are going to be teaching in the school and in a number of years, they're going to be teaching here and they're going to be wives and mothers and everybody's just going along. And then I said, and the boys that you're currently teaching are going to be lawyers and airline pilots and doctors. And everybody got this worried look on their face. You're like, so you you look at the girl, uh, them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Look at these, these boys, these little (laughs) Pie-faced boys are going to be running the world in twenty years,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Right, and flying airplanes and doing—you know—they're going to be doing all the thing. And everybody had this sort of consternation re- reaction um, because boys taking one thing with another are orangutans, and <laughs> and, and and here's this is one of the things is because in the secular, godless school system. They they don't know how to discipline boys. They yeah, don't. That's right. They don't know how to get boys to stand up straight without crushing their masculinity. Hmm. So what? So what they do is they hit them in the head with a chemical rock, right? Mm-hmm. They just yeah. they just drug them up. Uh, uh, boys thrive under godly discipline.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They thrive under godly discipline. Now you can crush a boy's spirit with ungodly discipline, and you can also crush a boy's spirit by. Uh, drugging him up or by letting him tear the place down um you know in a fatherless kind of way right? Mm-hmm. Um, right so so um boys take a lot of faith the the boys in front of you are future men hence the title
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the, and the men that we're going to have in 20 years the only quarry from which we're going to get those men is right in front of you
0: mm-hmm. right yeah.
1: The, those are the boys that's the material that's the material um for the men who are going to be preaching and leading and discipling and doing all you know going to war these these are the these are the people yeah and so consequently you want to shape uh shape the concrete while it's wet um you want to bend bend the sapling while it's supple
0: mm-hmm. um
1: you you don't and and you don't want to snap it off. You don't want to wreck it, uh, but you do want to shape and discipline and challenge it. So that yeah, was the right. That was the
0: that was the reason for the book. Okay, very good. So I grew up in the nineties and early two thousand. So I graduated high school in two thousand two, which means my father and our church was wrapped up in the Promise Keepers movement. They were there and and really on the the tail end of my father. So my father was sixty five, and. They were all raising their children, but a lot of them who grew up with their dad. So like the greatest generation dads are kind of a, the, the caricature of them is they work hard. They never said, I love you or I'm proud of you. Uh, and they were emotionally distant, that kind of that kind of guy. Right. Boomers seem to go a little bit different and they want to do better than their dads. Uh, but I, I heard this over and over again when I was growing up. From my dad and his friends, I wish I would have known this stuff. They were they, they read a 1991 book, Point Man by Steve Ferrar, all the way up to John Eldridge's Wild at Heart, you know, and mm-hmm. they all this 90s men's ministry. We wish we'd have done better. We wish would and some of them got to do this when we were young, but I remember hearing about rites of passage. So raising a modern day knight, 1997, right. uh, comes out. So it, it, this idea of future men, and the, we lament as a society that we don't have the process of boys becoming men. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious as to your thoughts. And I'm thinking through this because I'm putting together a rites of passage course right now. And I've got this uh, through the six manual, mainly virtues, worship, work, protect, provide, lead, love, building this out for my sons, uh, six rites of passage from the age of 10 to 18. I want to hear from you, though. So have you thought through that a rites of passage and, and trying to be intentional about that the process of a boy becoming a man? Which your book Future Men lays down the foundation of that, but it's it's not a manual on the the ins and outs or you know do these rites of passages kind of thing. Right. Um, wh- what do you think about all that when when that was going on and, and even up till today is there warrant for a, for a need for an intentional process of boyhood to manhood? Uh, the answer is uh, yes, but okay. Okay. So, um,
1: in if I were to look at a society that has an established rite of passage for young men and they've been doing it for centuries uh i think that that is a good and healthy and very human thing to do i i think it's it's a reflection of all uh, i think it's altogether good okay 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 um and i believe that our society has had such things in the past and other societies uh, still have either the thing or a memory of the thing, mm-hmm. like uh, the in the Jewish community, for example, a bar mitzvah is where yeah. the 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 young boy becomes a son of the law. Um, so things like that are, uh, I think, just very human and v- very healthy. Um, and you basically a lot of the reason men don't know that they're men is they weren't taught to be men. They weren't mm-hmm. induct. They weren't inducted into uh manhood all right so that's the yes part okay so what's the but part <laughs> when i say yes but mm-hmm. uh, the the challenge is uh the the challenge has to do with how do you make this recipe from scratch mm-hmm. um, right and yep. and the pr- and the principal problem among evangelicals who rightly saw the need is that when you put something together in your church youth group, it is almost impossible to keep it from seeming cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, so, uh, and and it's not that modern societies can't do this, mm-hmm. right? Uh, an example would be uh, this: all the ceremonies that used to surround, well, the ceremonies probably still do, but the ceremony that used to s- surround becoming an Eagle Scout, Mm-hmm. All right Bef- before the boy scouts threw it all away mm-hmm. right they they had a century-long tradition and when when you become an eagle scout um you are quite possibly going to get a letter from your congressman
0: hmm.
1: <laughs> right it's that, yeah I, i've been contacted a number of times by people around the country uh, you know my son has been awarded this it's a big stinking deal mm-hmm. and Right. And now, unfortunately, the Boy Scouts threw it all the way because of their stand on the homo stuff yeah. or their <laughs> their collapse and uh, their, their collapse in front in to the homo jihad. Mm-hmm. But, but it shows you that the, the thing itself is effective. Yeah. OK. And let's say you're in nineteen nineteen fifty um, and you're becoming an Eagle Scout and your Congressman sends a letter and your Senator sends his regards and congratulations. And the pastor, uh, uh, acknowledges compliments you. Uh, All of that is, Whoa, all right. Mm -hmm. This it's, this is weighty. Mm -hmm. All right. Now what we're having to do now, because, uh, when we are doing makeshift versions of the same thing, the, the problem is one of scale because we're, because we're trying to do it, with just our is like if Dad has five sons and he knights all of them <laughs> when they're sixteen,
0: um
1: mm-hmm. right? uh, everybody's going to say, "Man, that's a weirdo family uh, <laughs> right, right, right? <laughs> although the concept of son, you're a man now, yeah uh that's we need that, yeah okay and and I think I think it's important for the boys to be able to cross over a threshold and know that they have done so. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. basically, it's a a very important thing to do, and the challenge of do, of doing it in such a way as that the boys will not be embarrassed by it,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because even reading through Raising a Modern Day Night, you're reading it and there's it's just there's a cringe factor to it. where Right. That, that's what I'm talking about. Exactly. Yes. Where it's like, oh, man, I wonder what the sons thought about this, you know, <laughs> and, right. and their buddies, because they probably didn't want their buddies to know that this was happening kind of thing. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay so I'm I've got a friend of mine dear friend of mine at our church and is an older gentleman not not old I'm learning now as I get older Doug to, to what to what old is and so he's right. he's he's young and you know wet behind the ears he's a good he's, 68 68 or 69 years old yeah. like yourself Man he's spry Yeah he's spry that's right <laughs> he's got a spring in his step So he's been talking to me and our church is going through right now the men are going through uh it's good to be a man by Michael Foster and he's asking me, what's this deal? Why are you guys all obsessed with manhood stuff and talking about manhood? And he's like, I just can't get into it. I'm reading this. I'm just tired of it. I want to get back to the holiness of God by R.C. Sproul or something. And uh, so what is it? Because it seems like you and Chris Wiley are, are a couple guys that understand some generational differences in regard to manhood and the difficulties. And now as a guy that's raising my sons, I grew up kind of scratching my head thinking, what is this manhood womanhood stuff? And you know, was following Driscoll and everything the commentators were saying, and then realizing that that was kind of a halfway house, and now I'm, I'm mm-hmm. kind of like a patriarchy light, like Doug Wilson is. I hear these days right. you're not you're not uh, you're not that right. hardcore anymore. I don't know if you know this or not, but <laughs> oh really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, so what, what is the disconnect? Like, why, why do young guys, like guys my age, forty years old, why why have they been struggling through and thinking through, like, why consuming books on manhood for twenty years?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I, I think like the struggle that your friend at church has is the same kind of struggle that the beautiful woman has, trying to figure out why the plain girl spends so much time on makeup. <laughs>
0: okay,
1: <laughs> right. right. Uh-huh. Uh, um, people who grew up in a society that I I grew up in a society that was patriarchal. Mm-hmm. Um, it was vestigially patriarchal. But um, when I'm old enough to remember when uh, feminism, Betty Friedan, and those guys yeah. uh, first arrived on the scene, right, this was the thing. And before that, it wasn't the thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So um, if if I and I grew up with a uh, my father was just a wonderful father, just just a wonderful father, and if everything was secure, everything was. Buttoned down, everything was in place, and I don't think people in our position are able to understand the ache of fatherlessness, mm-hmm. or or the ache that's created by a fatherless society. Right. So, so uh, I grew up in a home with a strong father, but I also grew up in a society where there were strong fathers. Mm-hmm everywhere. Uh, someone could grow up in a Christian home and have a really good dad and be blessed by it and really know that it's blessed by it, but they're still growing up in a fatherless society.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, yeah. the, and that affects your thinking and your reactions and all of those things. Now, the reason, uh, although I had a strong father in that background, my father one of the things my father taught me was the, the importance of um, fathers Mm-hmm. and the and the realization that a lot of people didn't have the same experience that i had my dad counseled a lot of people and one of his standard conference talks was on relationship to parents okay. and this uh, so i i just grew up knowing that a lot of people are hurting in this area mm-hmm. and where where's dad yeah. um and dad might be at the other end of the table but barely talking um or he might be gone because of the divorce or he might be, you know, uh, just never been there.
0: Yeah. Right. Um,
1: and, and so that, and then when I talk about things like that, I've, I've always gotten a strong response. So there as a preacher or as a speaker, you know, there are moments when you have the entire rooms, everything goes quiet. Everything, yeah. Well, right. Well, what's, or, um, and it wasn't like they were muttering before and passing notes, but all of a sudden, you know, that you're you're on to something.
0: Yeah, and, right. And this is one of those subjects. Yeah, Th- this is one of those areas. Yeah, absolutely. And there's something powerful talking about fatherhood, and it's like a pin. You hear the pin drop. You hear a pin. Right. You know, right. if it did drop, and you know, I've said before that. Rage Against the Patriarchy is rated, you know, rooted really in two things. It's anger that their dad wasn't around and it's jealousy uh, against those who have a good father They just long, long for what others have. Um, Okay. So I'm going to drop his name again. I've actually had him on the show before John Eldridge. Now he, I read his stuff and it's kind of like an embarrassing, it's kind of like uh, enjoying watching Saved by the Bell when I was young. I didn't want anybody to know (laughs) that I, that I enjoyed it and theologically we're worlds apart. Um, Right. And when it comes to me and him, and I realize with you and him as well, the one book that I think is, is got the most merit of anything that he's written was a book called Fathered by God. And it okay. was highly charismatic, but he tapped into this idea of learning fatherhood from God rather than learning about God as a father through our own fathers. I mean, the proper right. way, to, the proper way is I'm not learning theology about god as father through how i am as i'm a dad or how somebody else is a good dad or a bad dad that's a real bad way to do it but we should be learning fatherhood from god so do you you think that's there's there's merit to that and what can we learn from god as father even father to his son or even father to his sons us that we can implement into the way we father our children
1: yeah i think the task of a christian father is to not give counter lessons (laughs) okay right um to to not get in the way not get underfoot so you want to have the kind of family where you're word centered the kids are learning that god the father is a loving father they're learning all this from the word and they're not excuse me they're not getting a counter example every day from how dad loses his temper Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so the the lessons that you're teaching uh, from the word, are reinforced by human fathers, and the human fathers make learning the scriptural lesson go down much easier. Hmm. Right. So, yeah. if if uh, for God, God for some reason wanted our kids to call us father, and when someone's comes to pray the Lord's prayer, our father, and the word sticks in their throat because their human father was gone or abusive or whatever um, fathers must not put that obstacle there but when uh, when the father is being a decent human being and loving his kids the way he ought to what he's doing is he's not jamming the signal
0: that Mm -hmm. is is coming from the goodness of god our father yeah very good okay final question for you give a shot of courage and hope to a guy who is raising sons and daughters Whose dad wasn't there? He was absent, or he was there and really terrible. It almost can feel inevitable. It's kind of like if you grew up in a church, or you see all of your heroes. And I, I grew up in many of my heroes. There, there was moral failure in their churches, or their churches imploded. That's what happened to the church that I grew up in, even as well. Sometimes ecclesia, ecclesiastically, it, it, it when it comes to just the church, it feels inevitable that something's going to happen and something's going to implode. And I feel like for a lot of guys, it feels like that as well. It was almost like this inevitability that. It's going to end up like my, I'm going to end up like my father. I'm going to screw up. Um, give a shot of courage to guys because it really is stories. There's stories all over the place of one generation was this way. God intervened and the next father, the son becomes the father that he never had. So give a shot of courage and encouragement to guys that are listening in. that just didn't have a good dad or didn't have a dad around at all.
1: Sure. This is, this is simply a rule of thumb, um, but it's something I think you can use to talk yourself off the roof. Um yeah. Um, when someone says, what, suppose I'm not truly a Christian, suppose I'm a hypocrite, you know, uh, sometimes pastors have to counsel the morbid introspection person who says, maybe I'm a hypocrite. The yeah. thing I would tell them is, the thing you need to understand about hypocrites is they never ask themselves that question.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: right? right. The fact, the fact <laughs> that's, that's what makes them a hypocrite. They, they're just serenely going on thinking they've got their act together. And they've got it all figured out, and they're smart. They're the smartest one in the room. The fact that you're worried about being a hypocrite means that you're not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, <clears throat> so the fact that you're worried about being distant, or uh, like your dad was, or um, abusive, like your dad was. The fact that you're uh, asking that question of yourself means that you're not. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. the chances are the chances are pretty good that your dad, when he was being whatever it was he was being, was not asking himself that question. Yeah, right. Right. <clears throat> your mom, your dad's pastor, maybe prayed multiple times that he would ask that question. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he but he never did. The fact that the, this question arises, I would say don't worry it to death, but don't shy away from the... the that's a good question to ask. Am I being mm-hmm. the kind of dad I ought to be? Ask the question then answer it by faith. I want to walk with Christ and then
0: go love on your kid. Amen. Very good. Well, Doug Wilson, I appreciate it. Your book, Future Men, is in the canon of the catalog that I'm putting together for my sons to read over the next 10 years or so. And I'm thankful for your work and even this time. For everybody that's listening in, make sure and check that out, everything that's going on. Uh, Doug, where can we find more information about you and everything that you've got going on?
1: Um, so we've set it up so that if you go to my blog, which is blog and may blog or the address is dougwills.com all lowercase dougwills.com pretty much everything i'm involved with is on that front page there so you can you can go to newson andrews from there go to canon press from there you can go to logos school from there so everything i'm involved in pretty much can
0: be found from my blog okay and one final question actually so november's coming what are you bringing down
1: yeah, we've sort of painted ourselves into a corner.
0: It's got to get bigger and bigger every year now, right?
1: I, I'm kind of worried that they're going to make me blow up a helicopter.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Man, this is getting into like a secret sensitive church, new, uh, new yeah, outreach we, event. We, like, what are you going to do uh, next?
1: Yeah, I don't
0: know. <laughs> uh,
1: we, we haven't figured it out yet, but we've okay. got to,
0: uh, I don't know what we're going to do. All right. Well, I'll be praying for you guys about that. And thanks so much for coming on the show, guys. We've been talking to Doug Wilson. Doug, I appreciate it. Thank you thank you for listening to the Sons and Slaves podcast. If you've enjoyed this show, please consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes and pass this along to every father and son that you know.